you go lay before the Lord, amen. Uh, there was, a, I have some friends of mine who, uh, when they were attending Bible college, they, they wanted to appear spiritual at all times, so they, they named, or nicknamed rather, their bed. They called their bed the Word. And that way, when friends asked them, so what were you doing this morning? They, they were able to say, I was in the Word all morning long. <laughs> so if they were ever late to school, they say, I, I would have been here, but I was in the Word up until the very last, up until the very last. I just couldn't get out of the Word this morning. I was just so into the Word. And uh, so it brought a lot of confusion, but that was what it was all, all about. So, uh, so we say that we lay before the Lord uh, in, the, in the afternoon. This is something about a Sunday afternoon, isn't it? It just kind of drags you into that uh, wonderful place. Hallelujah. She's speaking Hebrew. That's my girl over there. <laughs> Amen. Uh, well, this is obviously, this is healing school, so uh, it's a little bit uh, different than a regular, uh, a normal uh, type church service. But I did want to share a few things in my heart, and, and, uh, and I believe that my, my lovely wife might bless you also for a few minutes to share a few things also. Uh, turn to a very familiar verse of Scripture, please. 1 Peter chapter 2. I'm just going to kind of use this as our launching uh, verse. And um, just, to, just to remind you all, on Wednesday we'll be back here. We'll be continuing this coming Wednesday from what we started last week related to uh, spiritual warfare and our victory over the enemy and how we manifest that. So that will be uh, this, uh, this, coming, uh, this coming Wednesday at uh, 7 o'clock. And we do pray that everybody has a wonderful time laying before the Lord tomorrow on your labor-less day. All right? All right, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 24, the scripture says, And he who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, might live to righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. Can everybody say healed? healed. So we know that the Lord has, through his stripes, he has taken upon himself our sickness, our pain, our grief, our sorrow, Isaiah 53, he's born it on the tree, he took it there, he killed it there, he took it into the ground, and when he rose from the dead, he didn't bring it with him. Amen? He left it in the ground, he left it there. He inaugurated what we call the new covenant. Aren't you glad for the new covenant? The new covenant has wonderful promises for us. Uh, and as we're talking about that, I just want to encourage you to understand that what God has given to us in the new covenant is a powerful, powerful thing. It is strong and powerful than anything we've ever had before. Not because it exists in isolation or, ex or exists by itself, but the new covenant is merely the top of the cake. And when I say that, what I mean is this. How many of you ever heard before expressions like this, we're not under the old covenant? You heard that before? Uh, I would like to ask the question, uh, what old covenant are you not under? Because how many know there's more than just a new covenant and an old covenant? How many know there's a lot of covenants that are old? So what are we talking about? We're not under the old covenant? Okay, really, which one? Let's just start for a moment and quickly review this, as we all will know. Uh, how many know that the Noahic covenant, the covenant God gave to Noah, is an old covenant? Are we still under Noah's covenant? You see a rainbow in the sky? We're, under the old, we're still under Noah's covenant. The earth is not going to ever be flooded again, is it? Is it going to be flooded again? Okay. <laughs> but I thank you for your thank you for your support, sister. Amen. I love you. Hallelujah. Okay. Ish by Ishto, husband and his wife. That was Hebrew. Thank you very much, my Greek man. Okay. So the so so the the earth is never going to flood again like it once did, and God has given us a token of that covenant. It is called His bow in the sky. Right. 
And every time you see it, God said, I'm going to put this there to remind myself that I've made a covenant not with people, but with the earth. So is that covenant still in effect? How many know that's old? Okay, then what do we mean? We're not under the old covenant. Well, obviously we're still under Noah's covenant. Right? So, okay, then what are we talking about there? So, so Noah's covenant is still active. It's still going. And so then how about the uh, Abrahamic covenant? Is the Abrahamic covenant still going? You better believe it is. God made a promise to Abraham, and he said, okay, Abraham, here's the deal. I'm making an everlasting covenant with you and with your descendants. The land of Israel is yours for a perpetual covenant forever. The, la- the fact that the children of Israel still exist today and are in the original land that God promised them is a testament to the fact that Abraham's covenant is still in effect. Can I get an amen from somebody? And what did God say? He told Abraham, he said, listen, this is the sign, the seal of the covenant. It is going to be the blood that's going to drip from your foreskin. I'm going to circumcise you. And when you're circumcised, that is the token of this covenant that the land is yours and your people's for an everlasting. Can everybody say everlasting? Everlasting. What does everlasting mean to you? There you go. Isn't it interesting how that we can say everlasting life means everlasting to us, But when God tells Noah this is going to be an everlasting covenant with the earth, we take that to be temporary. Or when God tells uh, Abraham this is an everlasting covenant, people tend to think that that's temporary. Listen, if if everlasting is not always everlasting, then we're hypocrites. So if if, if it's everlasting for us, it's got to be everlasting for them because God used the same words and said the same thing. But not just that. So he makes this promise to Abraham. He says, every time you circumcise a male child, that blood is going to speak to the fact this is the token of the covenant. And then one day, a a little boy came along. Aren't you glad for the blood of Jesus? Amen? Jesus on the cross, he poured out his blood on that cross and he ratified that new covenant for you and me. But ladies and gentlemen, Jesus did not shed blood for covenant once in his life. He shed blood for covenant twice in his life. One day on the cross, he shed his blood and ratified the new covenant for us. But on the eighth day, of Jesus' life, the same blood that redeemed your soul dripped from his foreskin and ratified the covenant God had made with Abraham from the very beginning that this land belongs to the children of Israel forever. For us to go against the nation of Israel, the land of Israel, the Jewish people, it is, you've got to wade through the blood of Jesus to discount that. You see, so obviously Noahic covenant is still going and the Abrahamic covenant is still going. We're not under the old covenant. Really? What are we talking about? That's important to know because, see, what happens is covenants don't displace each other. They layer and intensify in strength. They get stronger. As one lays on top of another, they get stronger and they intensify in strength. The new covenant is the last one, and therefore it is the top, it's the icing on the cake, the one that really sets it all off. But they all are working together. And if you read these covenants, they're fantastic and they're beautiful and they all contain healing in them. Whether it's the healing of the nations, the healing of the, of the world, the healing of hearts, the healing of bodies, God has always baked healing into every single covenant he has ever given to anyone. And surprising things are in there as well. We know the song, whenever we were growing up, we, we, we sang the songs and drew the picture of, of, of Noah taking the animals in the ark two by two, Right? And I remember the day that I was reading and I read that the Bible doesn't say they took them in two by two. They took them in by twos and by sevens. And I thought, 
Someone's been picking my pocket for all these years. Twos and by sevens. They went in by twos and by sevens. Why did they do that? Well, it goes on to saying God told Noah to take in all the clean animals by sevens, all the unclean animals by twos. And then I asked myself the question, how did Noah know what clean and unclean animals were before Moses wrote it in his law? How did Noah know until Moses, before Moses actually told him? A lot of what we, we, we kind of very, very neatly like to package things. And we have a new covenant, we have an old covenant. This one's passed away, this one is here. And in and, and reality, we have, we, have, we, have, we have removed some power from our life and we've not realized the richness and the fullness of God's word. So we know that the Noatic is still here. We still see the bow in the sky. We know that the Abrahamic is still here because the blood of Jesus never fails and the nation of Israel still exists. What about the Davidic covenant? Is the Davidic covenant still alive today? I hope so for your sake and for mine because the only reason why Jesus gets to sit on the throne of David is because God made a promise to David saying, your descendant will forever sit upon the throne. So the Davidic covenant is still going. How many of the Davidic covenant is an old covenant? So which one, what are we talking about? So the Davidic covenant is still going, the Noahic is still going, the Abrahamic is still going, layering on top of each other, building up to a wonderful crescendo to the new covenant. See, there's so many wonderful and beautiful things here. And then, of course, we have the Mosaic covenant that comes in. The Mosaic covenant is the one that we have to, to look at a little bit more in detail. But you know what? So many wonderful things about the Mosaic covenant that God actually uses the word, you're going to do this, and this is a part of my direction for you forever. Whenever God says things forever, that settles it. So guess what? Huge portions of the, Noah, the Mosaic law are still working for us today. <laughs> The rabbis have always told us this. The rabbis have always said, when Messiah comes, the ceremonial part of the law will be done away with, basing this off of the book of Daniel, chapter 9, when it says that when Messiah comes, he will bring in everlasting righteousness and he'll put an end to sin and an end to sacrifice. They've always known that, but the rest of the stuff is still effective and still going and still working. Why do we tithe? We say things like this and. We're taught this in school. Well, we tithe because, you see, tithing existed before the law, the law being the law of Moses. It existed before the law, so that makes it a law unto itself. It existed before the law, during the law, and after the law, and because it does that, it becomes a law unto itself, and therefore we accept it as a, a command within the body of Christ. Well, how about Passover? How many know Passover was celebrated in Egypt before the law was given on Mount Sinai? And Jesus said, we're all going to celebrate this feast in heaven. So, question, why don't we celebrate Passover? Why are we chasing after a bunny rabbit in eggs? Ever wondered, why, do we, why, why, why are we chasing after ham instead of a lamb? I mean, wait, think about it for a moment. <laughs> if, if I was to actually tell you the story of why we do what we do related to the whole Easter thing, it would really, it would really kind of freak you out and probably discuss some of you. But, but the point is, we, we have... There's a lot of stuff that, that, we, that we have kind of put in a nice, cute little phrase. Well, because this is before the law and after the law, therefore it becomes a law unto itself. Do you know what? That uh, Exodus chapter 20 is when the law was given, right? You know what they were doing in Exodus chapter 16? And for those of you who are mathematicians, that's actually four less than 20. Okay? 
Exodus chapter 20, God gives the law to the, pe to the people of God, but in Acts, Exodus chapter 20, they're celebrating Sabbath. So why don't we celebrate Sabbath anymore? Well, it's not going to be necessary. Think about this. Jesus goes to heaven. Jesus is now in heaven. He's with us. Actually, he, he dies. He, he defeats death, hell, and the grave. He rises from the dead. He is actually ministering for 40 days to his, to, his, to his people. He has told them, listen, there's something really cool about to happen, and you need this cool thing. It's called the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. And you need him to do anything I'm telling you to do. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. And I want you to go and I want you to wait in this special room. And I'm going to send him to you. And Jesus leaves. And for 10 days, nothing happens. Why? Well, because Jesus in heaven, what is one of the first things? Jesus, well, we don't know what the first thing was Jesus did when he got to heaven. Uh, maybe he high-fived high -fived some angels. I don't, I don't know. He, we don't know exactly. But we do know this, that after he was there, in the calculation of 10 earth days, Jesus in heaven decided to celebrate the Feast of Pentecost. So Jesus in heaven sends down the Holy Ghost on the day of Shavuot, on the day of Pentecost. So here's Jesus in heaven celebrating Pentecost, was given in the law of Moses. You know what the Bible tells us in the book of Zechariah? It says whenever, and in the millennial kingdom, it says all of us will go and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. Think about that for a minute. How I many understand Feast of Tabernacles is in the millennium? It's, it's after everything is over with. It's all done. <laughs> so when you, you have to, when you look at when you look at our whole life, you see that God has established one covenant after the next covenant after the next covenant to build, and in each one He's baked into it the benefits and the blessings of following His way and following His will, and He's put in each one of those elements of healing that would heal bodies and heal spirits and heal hearts and heal land and heal nations. We're talking about a holistic healing and all the covenants are still functioning and still active today. Not a single one of them has displaced the other one. Each one layers on top of the next. Just think about it for a moment. Going back to the whole feast thing. Uh, to, me, this, to me, this is kind of a, a nice example. We're worthy celebrating I just told you that Jesus celebrated, he said we're going to celebrate Passover in heaven. He celebrated Pentecost up there. We're going to celebrate tabernacles in the millennial kingdom. Think about this for a moment. Is, were, were the celebration of the feast important the, for the children of Israel in the desert? Easy question. The answer is yes. Okay. Was it important for the apostles? Was it important for Jesus? Is it important for the church today? No. Is it important when we get to heaven? Yes. Does that make any sense to anybody? How from the beginning all the way to the end, they're important except for one little space of time called the church age. It seems to me that we have a lot of things available to us that we have merely overlooked because we have so simplified God's word down to old covenant, new covenant, that we don't realize that there's a lot of old covenants out there and not a single one of them has been turned off. I am so glad they've not been turned off. I am so glad that we still have a covenant with God that Jesus is going to sit on the throne. You know, when you think about Jesus sitting on the throne of David, we think, when we think about covenant, most of the time we only think about blood for covenant. But you know why David, Jesus sits on the throne of David? Because the Lord says this. He says, your descendant will sit upon the throne forever by a covenant of salt. So Jesus is going to sit on the throne of David, not because of blood, but because of salt. What is that all about? 
How many think that might be important to know if our entire future and kingdom rests on that? There are some beautiful things that bring power to what we believe and how we believe them if we'll allow the Word of God not to knock one out and then the other, but allow them to beautifully layer and weave into one another. And in each one of them, as I said, brings about a healing for something different. All of them contain healing, and all of them contain healing related to different things, bringing us to a place where our healing is entirely holistic. Everything is taken care of. God does not leave anything lacking. Amen? Everything we have need of, he has provided. And he has made it available to each and every one of us. And then we come to the new covenant to where God brings this capping on top of all these covenants with the blood of Jesus. And that blood of Jesus, that last covenant, brings a, a, an empowering and a strength to everything God has ever promised and God has ever done and now makes available to us the desires, the plans, the purposes of the Lord. And we see that in that covenant now is a bodily healing given to us by the very blood of Jesus once again. Can I get an amen from somebody in the house? So we all believe that. Hopefully we all believe that. And that's a very short message. Actually, I take about three weeks to teach that. And you got it all in 10 minutes. How about that? That's pretty good. That's how I keep my job in Little Rock. I got to stretch out sermons I can do in 10 minutes and make them three days. All right. So Jesus gives, gives us and makes available to us this healing in this new covenant. That doesn't do away with any of the rest of them. We still have healing for, for nations and lands and, and, and souls and, and hearts and minds and all these other wonderful things. So let's not throw out any of those things. And again, I want to say this. I said this morning, morning, beware of people who tell you you cannot take the words of Jesus and use them in your life. And you might say, how, how, why would anybody even say something like that? Because this, I've been saying this for about 10 years now, warning the church about this for about 10 years, and unfortunately very few people pay attention, and now it's full-blown in our face, and it's on our television sets. Just the, other, just the other day, there was a gentleman on television, and he made this statement. He said this. He said, the words of Jesus are like an expired credit card. How about that? One of our well-known main teachers is out there now telling us the words of Jesus are expired. That man's words are expired. Jesus' words are not expired. If I'm not mistaken, someone very famous said this. Oh, I remember, it was Jesus. He said this. <laughs> if anyone will be ashamed of me and my words, then I will be ashamed of them before my Father. I was watching this the day I couldn't believe it. I'm watching this gentleman. He actually says this. He says, he said, now... He would put up a, a quote of Jesus, and then he would put up a quote of, of Paul, and he would say, see, Jesus says that, but look what Paul says over here. You better, and he was pointing at Paul and said, you know what, Jesus said that, but that was before the cross, so now you need to go with what Paul's saying. And then he said, you better watch out for some of those words you read in red. That's where, that's where it's come to because we cannot accept the fact that these covenants can exist together. No, we have to displace one after the other and only be left with one at a time. That's very, very small, small thinking. I mean, no, God's bigger than that. He can exist in, a, in, a, in, in, in the divine tension of all of his covenants still in operation. And how simple is it to understand that? The simple one, as I mentioned, just go and look for a bow in the sky. And you know that when people say we're not under the old covenant, that you need to stop them and say, qualify what you're saying and show me a scripture that actually what you're telling me is the truth. It is not the truth, ladies and gentlemen. 
God brings about this in so many ways. We talked this morning about how we're being led by the Spirit and how we have to follow the unction and the leading of the Holy Ghost. Jesus did that. When he was healing people, he never healed people the same way all the time. You've probably been told all this after being taught in healing school for so long. I'm just going to read off a few of these things to you here. The most common method, if you're taking notes, you might want to write these things down. The most common method that Jesus used was by the laying on of hands. He did that 12 times in the recorded Gospels. Uh, we don't have, of course, the Bible says that all the acts of Jesus could not be contained if they were to be written in the books of the world. But, but what we have, 12 times he did that. The next one is when he commanded a person to act, when he said, take up your bed and go home, or when he said, stretch out your, your hand, or, or what, those commanding things he did, he said that to someone. He healed people eight times by doing that. 12 times by laying on of hands, eight times by commanding somebody. Uh, then there was a healing of faith by the receiver, the person who went to him and said, I want this, I'm going to get that, seven different times in the Bible. In other words, it's not a, it's not, Jesus did not initiate it. Jesus didn't move on that. Someone came and got it, and that happened seven times. Twelve times, eight times, and seven times. The next one here is the speaking of uh, the word over a person. When, he would, when Jesus would speak a word over them, when, like when the centurion said, uh, just say the word and my servant will be healed. Or uh, if you will, Lord, you can make us clean. And Jesus would say, I will, or something like that. And that also was seven times, seven different times that he did that. Healing by faith of somebody else. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about tonight or kind of focus on tonight. Uh, the faith of somebody else four different times. That's when somebody would come to Jesus and they would say, on the behalf of my daughter or my son or somebody else that needs healing. If you remember the story, Jesus would say, go your way, your servant is already healed or your child is already healed or someone is already healed. That did not involve the person needing the healing. It just was based upon the faith of the person who came and made the request. Sometimes you've got to pray for people who are unconscious. How many know what I'm talking about? Or they, they, don't, they, they're, they're, they don't know what's going on. But when we pray, we have examples in the life of, of, of Jesus that at least four different times it would activate when that would happen. The least uh, common was when he would actually rebuke the sickness like he did with, with Peter's uh, um, mother-in-law. Uh, that, hap that happened once. And then also um, Jesus never prayed for anybody to be healed. He would always speak it or command it to happen. And then also in the ministry of Jesus, he had combinations. He had a combination of things he would do as well. It says, uh, it says I've written this down here. Um, the most common combination of the methods was laying on of hands and speaking the word over somebody. That happened three times. Laying hands on somebody uh, plus um, the faith of the receiver happened three times. And then commanding a person to act plus uh, healing uh, by faith of somebody else happened um, three times. So we have Jesus doing a lot of different things. And of course, this is not even mentioning about when he would make spit in somebody's eyes or he would make mud balls and things like that. Have you ever wondered why he did those type of things? Some things he did, actually there are three things the Bible talks about. The Bible doesn't call them this, but within, but within, uh, um, within rabbinic teaching we understand this to be true. There are three things that they said were messianic miracles, three things that only Messiah could do. And in their writings, in, the, in, in a book called the Talmud, which is writing a Talmud, the writing of their scholarly writings, they said this. They said, you will recognize the Messiah when he comes because when Messiah comes, and this is not in the Bible, but it's in the writing of the Jewish people that existed before the time of Jesus. You will recognize the Messiah when he comes because he will have healing power in his spit. So if you're wondering why he came spitting and healing, it's because he came stepping into the fulfillment of their prophetic expectation and he would spit and he would, he would heal because of that very because of that very thing. 
And there are a few other things he did that were specifically related to the cultural understanding of the Jewish people. I don't want to get too deep into that because that could be some weeds. Okay. And then let's look here, and I'm going to read one of these things here, and then I'm going to see if Loretta wants to, uh, to cut loose here for just for a minute. Uh, there's a lot of examples that I was going to use here uh, this evening, but I'm just going to kind of uh, bring it down to uh, one of them here, which I f- believe is, um, is one that I would like to kind of focus on just for, just for a minute. And this, is, of course, is the one where Jesus, and I'll, I'll just tell you the story as opposed to reading. It's going to be found in, um, in Luke, but let me just say the story. This is when Jesus came to um, his hometown or came back into Capernaum, and he actually um, was met by those lepers. Remember the lepers that came to him, the ten lepers? And as I was reading the story related to the healing of these lepers, remember the story? He pray, he, 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 the lepers say, we, we, will you heal us, have mercy upon us, son of David? And Jesus says to them, go and show yourself to the priest and make the offering that Moses commanded. So he goes, they leave. Now, now they, they tell him, have mercy upon us. Jesus tells them, go. Now, not, he doesn't lay hands upon anybody. This is one of those times where he just gives his word. And they go on their way. None of them, none of them at this moment have been healed. But on their way back, they look down and they notice we, we actually are whole now. We're healed. And remember the story, what happens is one of them returns, right? And when they comes to Jesus and they worship him and they thank him for their healing, what was his words? Do you remember what his words were? He said, well, they said, he said weren't there nine of you? Where are the other nine at? And as I began to read, read that story and I just began to let the Lord minister to me on this, I, I began to see, you know, God sees us not only as individuals but as a collective as well. He sees us as more, he just sees us as, he also sees us as, as individuals, yes, and important in that way, but he also sees us as a whole. Now, what should, in, in our mind, Jesus should have said, oh, well, thank you so much for thanking me. Oh, by the way, where are the rest? But he doesn't do that. He says, you know, where, where are the rest of you guys? Where the, wasn't there more than this that I healed? In other words, Jesus is wanting to make sure that in the midst of healing that we don't forget praising him. He's looking for thanks. He's looking for that praise. If he wasn't concerned about the thanks and the adoration, the praise, this, this would not even be a conversation he would be having. But he was wanted to find out where, were the, where is the gratitude of the rest of the people. And sometimes I think we need to make sure that we get that attitude of gratitude about a lot of other things before we jump into things that we're, that we're really struggling with. Because if we believe that Jesus does not change, do we believe that? He doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, today you know how Jesus responds to you when you come to him asking for things. In other words, you might go to him to ask him for something, and his first response to you very well may be, well, uh, why don't we talk about what I've already done for you this week? What, what, haven't I done something else for you? Let, let's start there and have that conversation first. Gratitude and praise are huge components in continuing to walk in a place of healing. Years ago, we were in Sweden, and Loretta had a broken foot. We were doing some work in the church. She got a broken foot. Were you going to tell that story? Okay, you come up here and tell the story. She can tell a lot better than I can because it actually happened to her. Although I was there and... And saw the whole thing happen. We can uh, 
tag team. Okay, let me just finish okay. up my little sentence okay. here. Okay, or you stay right here, beautiful woman. <laughs> All right. So, gentlemen, you see what I just did there? That's what you call points, okay? <laughs> just, just write that down. Mark, write that down. Points, <laughs> points. Hey, you got to get them whenever you can, right, gentlemen? Because you're going to cash those in at some point. That's right. Very, thank you, very quickly. <laughs> But the, but, the, but the point is, because Jesus doesn't change and we know he's the same, related to, to issues of, of healing, praise and adoration are a part of that. And he wants, to, and he looks at them in that way. As a congregation, I mentioned this morning how that sometimes that healing was actually separated in the church. On one side they weren't getting, on one side they were. God looks at us not only as individuals, but he also looks at us, at us as Foothill Family Church. That's right. How are we acting? One thing we do at our church, and I'm not saying you have to do this, but if someone gets born again in a service, which praise the Lord happens very regularly, you know what we do? We stop the service, we bring the worship team back up here, and we kick off and we worship again. Why? The Bible says all of heaven is having a party whenever, whenever, whenever one person repents. So listen, if, it, if, if it's going to cause all of heaven to rejoice, it better get me off my seat. So we try to, try to live like heaven is here. And if Jesus is the same and he doesn't change, and this guy comes in, Jesus looks at him, at him as a whole. Not just the one, but as a whole. He obviously, he sees him as the one. We're all individually important. But please don't bring that American idea into this, this story. Okay, you all get a trophy when you leave here today, okay? Right, that'll be good. All right. But he sees us as a collective. And I could give you one story after the next in the Bible where God sees people as a group. Of people, not just an individual, but a group. Whenever, uh, quickly, you have uh, Paul and Silas in the jail, but everybody gets set free. Yeah, that's right. It, it, but shouldn't they be the, all the rest of them are criminals. Nobody else is even born again. Yet these guys, actually, because they're now a part of this collective called the prison, the prison's going to get rocking and a rolling. Uh, that's secular. But nonetheless, it's gonna, it, things are going to start happening there because they are now part of that collective and they will affect that collective because they're now one of them. So it's important that we bring this idea of praise into it because worship is a vitally important thing related to our healing and a maintaining of that worship continues. So I'm encouraging you to, to praise for everything, not in everything, but, but in the midst of every, or in everything, we're praising God and it sets us up, positions us, to receive healing when we need it in a bigger fashion. That's right. And because, am I on? Yes. yes. Because we are a collective, you better, if you want to see God move, you better come to church ready to be a, not a spectator, but a participant. Amen. You do. You need to come ready. Um, you need to become ready. Listen, if God says get up there and dance, dance. Woo. If God, Yes, if God says get up there and give a word, I don't know how it works here, but you know, you obey what he's telling you. You know, you and you put a demand on the man of God. When he gets up, put a demand. Put a demand when the worshipers are up there. Do something that you haven't done before. You be free. You, you put a demand on it. That collective part is very important. You're hungry? Well, you draw it out. You, you come ready you, Can't to you give. tell it when, when, when you come to church and you're just drawing, everybody's ready or it's pulling everybody's in the same direction? Ready. Everybody's it. pulling in the same direction, but sometimes it, it takes one. 
just to get up. Just takes one. And this is the, um, my testimony. It's, this happened years ago, but I was helping. A, we were in Sweden. This was about 25 years ago. And we uh, were getting ready for a wedding, and um, I was doing some things. And I don't know what I did, but I slipped, fell, and um, never went to the doctor because I didn't need to. But um, my I fainted because of the pain, and my ankle swelled up to about the size of a cantaloupe. It, I did something bad. And I was putting ice on it, and I could not walk on it. And um, so uh, the Lord told me, the next morning was Sunday, and the Lord told me, I want you to go to service. Because I was, you know, you can... You can have all the justification for staying home if you have to lay there you know, with your foot up. Mm-hmm. You know. you, I could have had all the justification, but when he spoke to me, it's really important to have that connection with the Lord because the Lord is never trying to keep things from you. He's mm. always trying to get things to you. Yes, he is. Always, always. So I, I'm like, okay, you know, I had kids, you know, got them up, two by then, uh, one or two. Depending on when that I had one child in Sweden, but at any rate, um, went to church, and I had my leg up, you know, on a chair, and then he said, "This I want you to dance before me." And then you know, in your mind, you're going, "Okay, I got it all wrapped up. <laughs> I have it up here like this." So I took it down because it it hurt. To put it down, uh, it started throbbing. So I started going. Uh, now, I, <laughs> I'm on the platform, sitting on the and platform, he's watching, watching me. this, going. But you know, uh, <laughs> when you know when God starts to move, just inch on it. He doesn't mind if you inch on you being obedient. I'm telling you what, if you if you just start going for it, he's backing you up, Amen. okay? You know, I always tell our prayer, my prayer ladies, we have a prayer group, you know what? If we pray a wrong sentence, he'll forgive us. Yeah. You know, he, he is not bothered with that. He is totally not bothered. But as long as we're moving in the right direction, let's move in the right direction. So, uh, you know, and I start going like this, I start going like this. And all of a sudden, because I was just being obedient, it's really important to be obedient. It's really important to say, stay grateful like he was saying. You, you know, that connects you to God. Yeah. That connects you. Stay connected to God. Mm-hmm. And thankfulness does that. You thank him all through the day. Find things to be thankful for. Every, you can find things all throughout to the day to be thankful for. Um, and that's as, a matter, as a matter of fact, within Judaism, Jesus obviously was a Jew. They have these things. You're, you're, you're familiar with the verse of Scripture called pray without ceasing? That's not new. That actually a, a, comes from the, from the Hebrew, praying without ceasing. And what they did was they actually wrote. Now, we wouldn't do this necessarily for us, but they actually wrote what they called sentence prayers. In other words, they had a prayer for everything, or a, a worship for everything that you could do. They had a, they had a worship if you could go to the bathroom. 
Hey, some people, that's a big praise the Lord right there. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, if that's your issue, <laughs> that's your praise issue. the Lord. <laughs> so so they, they, had a, they had a prayer that once hey. they went to the bathroom, they finished going to the toilet, and they would take a few moments and praise God they were actually <laughs> able to go to the bathroom. They had a worship for everything. Why? So you can kill a lion, you can kill a bear. So when Goliath shows that's up, right. this ain't no that's problem. Right. You know what I'm you, talking about? Thankfulness will keep you prepared. You know, you never know what a day will bring to you, but the fact that it, you're prepared for anything that happens, you know, uh, this just to put this story on hold. We had a lady in our church. She was so hungry for the healing power of God, and she just started devouring it. She was, she was new to the word of faith and the word of healing, but she knew she just needed this for her life. And about a month later, and she was telling me the story. It's, you know, it's one of these things, you know, you, you hear the story and you're like, now tell me that again. But she said, my son was in a car accident and is like the top of his head got chopped off. I'm like, so he, he didn't have this part. She goes, it was off. And she said, but... And they called me be, because they knew people in the, the police department there. She says, they called me because they wanted me to see him before he took his last breath. Because they all had it figured out that he was dead. And so immediately I started in with what I knew. Now she's new to this, but she says, oh no. Oh, no. And so, you know, everybody's just like waiting. Oh, this poor mother, you know. Oh, no. She goes, I, I hopped in to that ambulance. They just wanted to, you know, they, they basically didn't call for an airlift because they figured he wouldn't make it because he was outside of Little Rock. And so they put him in an ambulance to kind of give the guys that they're helping, you know. And she goes, oh, no. She got in that ambulance. She goes, who of you in here is a Christian? Mm. <laughs> she identified a few. And she goes, okay, I'm praying right now. She goes, my son was gray. And she started praying. And she said about, I don't know, how many minutes into the transport, he came to life again. <laughs> and she said it was uh, touch and go, but I wouldn't allow anybody in that room that didn't believe in the healing power of Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, people's words can control what you think. Beware of people trying to say things to you and then you accepting them as a reality. Be careful. Mm -hmm. Just as a word of God has power over your life, people's words can have power over you. Yeah. You got to be really careful of what you. She didn't, and she even had a preacher come. Oh, I want to come preach. She goes, listen, the only prayer, if you come in here, is to thank the Lord that my son is going to make it. She, she had, she restricted him because she didn't want him saying, "If it be Thy will." Here's Mama Bear. Here's Mama Bear. Protecting her cub. <laughs> you know, we need people like that in the body of Christ. Yeah. You, you never know what a day will bring. That's why we need to stay thankful. Mm -hmm. 
connected to God mm-hmm. always so that, you know what, he has in any second of time that he has people all over this earth that are willing to obey him. So I'm getting back to my story. So I'm sitting here just kind of going like this, giving him a little bit to work with. And all of a sudden, I started dancing. Jumping on that Jumping up and down, putting weight on that foot. (laughs) I was dancing around. By the time I left church, I was completely healed. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Now, you know, you put action to what you know. It's really, though, I want to... And, and the things that I wanted to say tonight, I'll probably put in prayer because I'm, I'm a, you know, for you to stay connected to God, it's, it's really talking to God is prayer to God. I, I often say worship, singing, singing is just singing prayers to God. Mm-hmm. Prayer and worship are very, it's what? communication. It's just communication with God. It's just a different form. And I'm all about be, staying connected to God. And you know, there's enough things on this earth and enough things in this day that want to disconnect you from God. Mm. It's really important to keep that connection hot. Yeah. Hot. Mm. Wake up. There's even scriptures in Isaiah that when in the morning you wake, he will teach you. Mm-hmm. Isaiah 50. Yeah. In the morning, you just wake up. And I was re- uh, just recently I was in a very, I was in a need. I had some bad reports from the doctor. And I just started worshiping spending more time with God just trying to get the 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 mind of of him and the the one thing that I just rejoiced over was one morning I woke up and as soon as I woke up his word just started flooding over me over and over and over again I knew I was connected to the one that could bring my healing amen so it's really really important to keep that connection hot. Let me just say this. Connecting to God can be a struggle. And this is what we are going to, I'm just going to kind of give this as a segue into Wednesday, can be a struggle if you are connecting to him or connecting to things eye to eye here on this earth, because that's not our place. That's not our place as a saint of God. We, we lose the war if we connect eye to eye. And what we mean by that, we're going to be teaching this Wednesday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because warfare has everything to do with how we win. Listen, we weren't meant to be whiners in this life. We were meant to be winners in this life. Amen. We weren't meant to be <clears throat> complainers in this life, to be complained. We were meant to reign. Yeah. Reign and rule in this life. Mm-hmm. And the more we stay connected, the more we're going to see the manifestations of the sons of God mm-hmm. on this earth. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. So what we're going to do here is every, I think everybody in this house knows how to thank God. And so what I want us to do is I want us just to put some action to what we've been uh, taught. So we're just going to just everyone stand up. And uh, we're just going to take a few moments. We're at the closing of our, our service tonight. We're just going to take a few moments. And if you need to just walk around as you're doing this, but let's just start thanking God for things in your life. And um, it doesn't matter what it is. Like I said a few moments ago, you know, David, he, he killed the lion. He killed the bear. It was all in preparation for him to take on Goliath. And you just need to make sure that you're thanking God for the small things he's done in your life because big things will 
come along if you live long enough. So let's just take a few moments. Just thank God. Start thanking for your salvation, for being filled with the Holy Ghost, for the fact that you are alive and you're able to be here. I mean, thank Him for anything that you could possibly uh, think of right now. Father, we thank you, Lord. We bless you, Father God. Oh, we glorify you, Father. We thank you that we are born again, Father God. Oh, we thank you, Lord, that heaven is our home, Lord. Eternity, we get to be with you. We thank you, Father God, for the Holy Ghost who you put on the inside of us, Lord, and we, he dwells in us, Father. We thank you, Lord, that in you we live and move and have our being, Lord, that you're your word is, is richly living on the inside of me. I thank you, Father God, that, that you met all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And I, I glorify you, Father God, that, my, that, my, that I have, you've given me a, my lovely wife, Father God. You've given me my children. I thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. You've forgiven me of all my sins and you've wiped away my past. And I thank you, Lord God, for your grace and for your mercy, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, for all that you've done. Oh, I thank you, Lord, for that dime that you healed me, Father God, that you healed me, Lord God, from, from that, that injury I had on my leg. Father, thank you, Lord God, that you are my healer in every situation. I glorify you. I praise you. Thank you, Lord, for delivering me from headaches, Father God, and setting me free, Father God, from, from, from sickness, congestion, Father, and the common cold. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. For all that you've done, Lord, and all that you're doing, I bless you and I glorify you, Father God. Worthy, 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 worthy are you, Lord, in all that you do and everything that you've done. Oh, we bless and we praise and we honor and we magnify you, Father. Glory, glory, glory to your name, Lord. Oh, we bless and praise and honor your name, Father. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. That I have breath in my lungs, Father God, that I can declare your glory. Thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. Oh, I bless you and I glorify you, Father. Praise you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Father. Father, we bless you and we glorify you. Thank you, Father God. Oh, Boro Oshi Kabadi. I said, glorified be your holy name. 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 Hallelujah. 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 And as you're worshiping him and thanking him, you can break off into song. You can sing to him. You can sing to him in the spirit. You can sing to him in English. You can sing to him and, and, and rejoice and thank him for all that he has done for you. Oh, bless you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glorified be your holy name, Lord. Glorified be your name. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Oh, glorified be your name, Lord. 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 In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, thank you, Father God. Glorify be your name. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Oh, bless you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for what you've done for me in this area. Thank you, Lord God, for what you did for me. Thank you, Lord God, for we've seen, Father God, oh, the presence of your Holy Ghost, Father God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God, for that. Thank you, Lord God, for that. Thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in the lives of people in this body, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you. Father, we commit to you tonight, Lord, and we declare, Lord God, that we as your people rejoice and we thank you, Father God. And we declare, Lord, that you are great and that you're, you're glorious, Lord God. We thank you, Lord, that your mercies are new every morning to us, Lord. We bless and we praise and we honor and we magnify you, Father. We glorify you, Lord, and we thank you, Father God, for all the great things that you've done for us, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted, amen. 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 Now listen, I want to encourage you. Make this a regular part of your, of your prayer life. When you, when you, as you pray, this begins the way you pray. 
And I encourage you, keep a journal, write down, create chapters, a chapter on finances, a chapter on healing, a chapter on deliverance, whatever it is, and open that thing up and relive them. Just, just relive what God has done for you and thank Him for it and bring it into a part of your, your prayer time. So many times we spend time telling God what we need and that's a part of it, but there are times when you need to thank Him for what He's done. Because if you thank Him for what He's done, you find out what you need gets answered a lot, a lot faster. So let's bake this into our prayer time. And when you're doing that, you can do that individually, but don't forget you're part of the collective. So after you've worshiped God and thanked him for yourself, move over and start thanking him for what he's done in your family and spend time as a part of, I'm a part of this family, as a family. And then make sure you've got things to worship God for in your family. And you go from your family, then come to your church family and say, oh, Father, thank you for what you've done in our church. And then relive a few services of what's happened or a revelation that you got or a word that came forward or something that happened in a service. And as a, as a body, begin to worship God in the midst of your brothers and sisters, even in your own home, that you don't forget that you're part of a group as well. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. God bless you each and every one. We'll see you on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. God bless you all. See you then.